Hello everybody, this is a Bridges of Meaning Discord conversation. I'm Job, and today my guest is Ginger Bill, who is Ginger and also Bill. Hey Ginger Bill, what brings you to the Discord? Hi, good evening. Ah, thank you very much. What brings me to the Discord? Well, I've been watching uh, Paul Van Cleef for about, I don't know, probably over two years now, and as soon as I heard there was a Discord, I was on it like a car bonnet. You were on it like a what? Car bonnet. Explain that one to me. It's, it's just a mnemonic. Uh, so a car bonnet is the top of a car, like where you put under the top of the engine, and like you're on it like a, it's just rhymes. Old English phrase. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> First time I hear it. So, I mean, I, I, I've known you for a while on this Discord. I think you were, yes. you were probably there before me, to be honest. I don't know. Again, I was on it very early on. As soon as I saw it, I said, ah, I'll add it to my Discord list because I, I have a lot of Discords that I'm on. Uh-huh. It's, it's very useful. It's my social media, in my sense. I don't use Facebook or anything. So, so because you're, you're, I know you as an agnostic, and yes. what got you into Paul Vanderclay of all people? Well, that's a weird story. So before that, I was I was watching those of uh, Jonathan Peugeot, and I was really enjoying him. Huh. And my friend, who um, is on the Discord as well, um, in suggested, oh, have you seen this chap, Paul Vanderclay? You might like him. And I went, oh, okay, because we both like uh, Jonathan Peugeot. And I found out, I watched his stuff, and I said, oh, I really enjoyed it, because he's talked about, like, John Peterson and all that lot. And I went, oh, this is pretty cool. And it's interested me ever since. Um, but to get to Jonathan Peugeot, it was through Jordan Peterson, in a sense like that. Um, it was I remember watching it with some random conference he had it on, and I thought, oh, that guy's really smart. And then I just tried to search him up, and I went, oh, he's got a YouTube video channel. So I went to go to watch his videos, and it's like, oh, this symbolism. And, I was, and um, so it was all really quite cool. And for me, Jonathan Peugeot explained, explained a hell of a lot about like, religion that I never understood as a kid. Like the way he explains stuff is like, wow, why was I not told that when I was like, I don't know, eight years old or nine years old in that way? I would have understood it. What is your religious upbringing? No, I don't actually have a religious upbringing technically. I was technically raised atheist. So, whoa. But I did go to um, Church of England primary school. So you do learn a lot of it, like about religion in general. So you do do hymns and prayers every day. but to be honest with you, even by the age of six, I was like, I, I don't understand any of this. I don't understand what they're teaching me. And I asked the questions. They don't really give me a good answer. I understood. So I just went, oh, I don't know then. So from a very early age, I was like, yeah, I'm an agnostic. That's interesting. Because I did you not understand agnostic. it. You didn't yes. go like, this is all bunk. I'm going to be atheist. No. Because I knew that there was some smart people and they seemed to like believe in it all. I was like, okay. But I don't understand this, and I'm not getting a good question answers from like teachers or people. So I'm like, well, they seem to know it better than me. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Huh. How old were so you? So it's one of those things. I pardon, sorry, that again. How old were you when you kind of went through this? You were like six, you said. Yeah, I remember explicitly thinking, I don't understand any of this. I don't huh. understand it, and I kept asking questions. I was always a weird kid in that regards. Um, getting in trouble with the teacher by asking 
the wrong questions if you know what i mean um <laughs> but yeah it was um so i can remember when i was getting a bit older so it didn't really bother me after i was getting older um like i remember going to uh, like we went every few months down to the, ch the church which was tied with the school and singing all those hymns and then the practices and i absolutely just found them like i found them cringy is the best way of finding it some of the hymns i loved but some of the lyrics were very dodgy like i loved the music behind it and stuff and i still kind of do like a lot of the old-fashioned hymns but like a lot of the services, it's the, now we're going to be speaking up and down like this. And then we are now going to be talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. And it was a very, I don't know what the best way of putting it. <laughs> I can't think of the word, the good way of saying it. But it never, it was like, this really annoyed me in that sense. But it Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, what I find interesting is that it, it didn't put you off from the whole no, religion. I had, well, some of my friends, one of my friends, one or two of my friends were religious um, and they mm. believed in God and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, and that stuff like that. But the thing is, I never was a new atheist either. Because I remember when like uh, Richard Dawkins was getting really popular with like the God delusion and all that lot and more of that. My sister was right. reading it because my sister is actually a zoologist and she was a big fan of Richard Dawkins from the zoology side, biology uh -huh. side. So she was reading those other books. And I was I thought, I'll give it a read as well. And I was like, well, he's not describing what a God that my friend believes in. What, what, who's he talking about? These weird American people. Like, okay, that's not what my mate believes in. <laughs> So it was, I already had this kind of idea that like, this is some weird caricature that I'm hearing. It didn't make any sense to me, but this is not, it didn't, it didn't not make any sense. If that made any sense. <laughs> well, so far, but, but you're, are you saying, did you have, um, let's say discussions about these subjects with your religious friends? Yeah, I did. And I was just like that. It was just, it was always one thing's like, I, I just never could take that leap because I've always got, I've had a very scientific mind and I've always loved science ever since I was a kid. It's why I became a scientist in a sense. Um, but it's always, so for me, it was always in the back of my mind, but I've always been interested in like ethics and always been like trying to take what's the best, how do I be a better man than I was tomorrow? Mm -hmm. How do I become a much better man? That's always been like, okay, how can I be better? The better, better person of myself, the better potential, if you're going to put it up. But with regards to original, I never really got interested again until it was around about, I'd say about four, five years ago. And it was actually about kind of more of a, I would say, a revelation in the way that I thought I realized I did not re think like other people. And it came very explicit to me. So I was, it was one, okay, it's weird, okay, a few years before that, so about, I don't know how many years now, it was when I was at school, and I was having a chemistry lesson. And my chemistry teacher, just because you have everyone doing experiments, he actually bet me £20. He said, I bet you can't tell who's on the back of a £20 note. And I went, okay, I'll bet you that. And I said, oh, I said, it's some bank. And he went, nope. And I went, okay. And he gave me, it's one of the most common names you could think of. And I went, so something like Smith, he said, yeah, half, right? And I went, I don't know the first name. And I lost 20 pounds to that. So I remember the guy's <laughs> name. It was Adam Smith. So that was Adam Smith, the uh, famous economist, the guy kind of like, like one of the first modern economists. You could probably call him a classical economist, technically. Okay. Um, so many years later, in my head, I kept thinking, oh, you know what? I'll probably just have to read that guy's book, thinking he only wrote one book. Um, so I went on Amazon and thought, oh, he's, he's written loads. I'll just order them off Amazon. And when I was ordering them, so it was Theory of Moral Sentiments and the 
what else is it? The uh, Wealth of Nations, though, the five books of the Wealth of Nations. Mm. I accidentally scooped it up on YouTube, like this guy called Milton Friedman, if you've ever heard of him, the yep. famous economist. Yeah. And I kind of went down a rabbit hole in that sense. And I was watching videos from about eight o'clock till four o'clock in the morning. Let's put it that way. I was that in like, wow, I've, this is new stuff to me. And stuff mm. like, wait a minute, I'm agreeing with this chap before. I'm agreeing with everything he's saying. And this is kind of what I believed already. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it was one of those weird, he's saying stuff I already believed in, but I've never heard anyone say it. That's interesting. When he was getting like politics. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like, if you heard in politics, when I was like younger, it's like stuff before that. I thought I, thought I was particular political uh, affiliation just because i didn't like the other other one if i only thought i was kind of like two i was was like no i'm neither of them (laughs) and like more something else and i was like okay so then i got really fascinated by um, the economics because of how unintuitive it was like that's why it was really fascinating something i didn't understand and it was so intuitive so then i found out there's loads of like philosophy behind it as well like different schools of thought and i was like okay this is really interesting and it was led me down to philosophy itself, like epistemology and um, even going back to ethics again, what I was mm-hmm. really interested in about. And this was um, about six months before the first thing that Jordan Peterson happened. So when Jordan Peterson happened, I was like, oh, there's this chap, some political controversy he's doing. Okay, I'll just check him out. And then I looked at, oh, he's got some lectures online. Oh, he's got uh, psychology. Oh, I'll start learning about psychology from him. It seems like good enough source. So then that, that's kind of went down that road there. If, if You know what I mean? It goes. Oh, yeah. It's more of been a process of being extremely critical towards myself and trying to criticize what are my actual thought process and, what, and asking why do I believe what I believe? Because mm. through this process, as I was learning, oh, wow, I've learned hell of a lot. And I've learned that there's so much that even I thought to be true wasn't and stuff that I thought learned about myself. So it was a kind of a weird journey. It and now like I'm it- here. It sounds like a good journey, though. I mean, you're saying this yeah, happened about fun. five years ago. Four or five years ago, yeah. And, and uh, like, how old were you then? Early 20s. Okay. Well, so that's... not saying how old I am exactly, but, yeah, around about there. Right, right. So even then, I can't remember. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a bit, it's a different story, though. I mean, coming from economics oh, yeah, yeah. into JP, it's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that, that is the story. Um, it's just one of those things, like, you just, it's a weird journey you go on, and you don't know where you're going to go. You just kind of follow the flow. And it's been a bit interesting one. So, yeah, again, to Jonathan Peugeot was a weird site for me as well because again it was jordan peterson also brought up the religion stuff and he was kind of describing more of a psychological standpoint i thought i can understand this and i was thinking about it more thinking it from psychological standpoints like oh people act this way and and in this and i was kind of realized oh yeah religions are acted out metaphysics these are the assumptions of everyone's philosophies that they act out that is what a religion is i was like okay that's that was a revelation to me i was like okay that makes a lot more sense and then Jonathan Peugeot explained a lot of the symbolism behind stuff like that. And I was like, okay, that's making even more sense to me. And he's explained stuff about like Christianity was like taught at school. When I say taught, he kind of explained it to me. He went, now that clicks. That makes more sense to me. So it was that kind of weird journey. How does that combine with what you've been watching by, let's say, Paul Van de Klee on God 1 and God 2? 
Yeah, so that was a, a very interesting thing to meet as well, because the way that uh, Paul van der Kleek does uh, the Jordan Peterson's classification of God is God 1 and God 2. So um, I guess most people here will probably understand, but for others that don't, uh, Jordan Peterson, when he talks about God, he had, it was trying to explain to Sam Harris what he mean by God, because God, um, Sam Harris is saying, pretty much well tell me about the god that um tells me it doesn't want me to masturbate pretty much mm. um the benevolent dictator above tell him no no you shouldn't be doing this um well then john peason explains gone it's like well that's not what i meant because <laughs> john peason was talking more of like a bottom-up emergent mm -hmm. um, process pot like something that emerges from things and it's not personal it's a very impersonal thing and that's what right. he was describing um, while, while Sam Harris was describing very top-down, uh, I'll, I'll call it a very naive uh, dictatorial god, that's the best mm -hmm. way of putting it, saying, you know, this is it's wrong because I said so, you shouldn't be doing this, tut, 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 that kind of idea of god. And it was very interesting to me that this is actually kind of how the new atheist thinks. It's this very fundamentalist way of thinking. Yeah. Like, the new atheists are still fundamentalists. I found that quite interesting when, I, yep. when that clicked to me. Often biblical literalists, yeah. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. It's like, well, this is wrong. Look, this contradict, this verse contradicts this verse. And look, how, how can you be stupid? Like, there's loads of contradictions in the Bible. I'm like, yes, of course there are. <laughs> it's written over thousands of years by multiple people with multiple translations. Of course there's going to be contradictions. Uh, it's Yeah. That, that would never surprise me. <laughs> no, but also it's like saying, see... You know, Einstein says different things than Newton said. Like, but you can read about it in one yeah. book. I mean, it's it's. I I no. found I I found it interesting when I talked to, uh, well, my atheist friend who likes to have discussions with me about this. He will say, "Well, but it it has to be all true. It's very much an all or nothing." And I'm thinking, well, that's not how science works either. You know, it's it's. No, God no. But but if it's if it's divinely inspired, that it must be totally true. It must be perfect. And like, well, you're filtering through humans. I mean, what do you expect? So we are the most flawed beings that you can think of. It we seems make that way. Mistakes all the time. Um, it's amazing that we can even reason to begin with. Um, that's just a, a kind of a miracle in itself. But the. It's this weird thing where, if you look at the Bible, and again, if you just treat it as like some historical thing from an anthropological standpoint, it seems to be some item that has evolved over years and it's been carried over through as a cultural meme um, in the technical sense, like Richard Dawkins would use. Um, cultural meme that would be, okay, you can present it and it carries on information. And it's been very useful, looking from its utility standpoint, it's been very, very useful for many different things. You can take it from the most basic things. It's got hymns and songs in it, you can sing. It's got other things that many people would have a family Bible. They'd write down their family tree in it. So mm -hmm. then you'd carry on that book. It, it has different things. Like I remember when I was, um, uh, it was a science club, actually, when I, was, when I was young, I used to go to a science club every Saturday. 50p it was, it was great. One day we were actually doing some cooking because that was home science, of course. Um, and we found, as she was saying, oh, look, actually there's a recipe for a cake in the King James Bible. And I went, what? 
which is yeah look, look, there's a recipe if you actually follow it there's actually a, like it's it's hidden along the book and it is a proper recipe and he makes a proper cake really and it tells you how many eggs how many flat yeah 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 i was really surprised it was like i think it was about eight or nine when i found this uh, doing this it was like this is a really cool thing found out i can't uh, let me find out what it's i think it's like i just called it church cake because i couldn't think of the real name <laughs> but yeah it was like you can make a cake in the bible so there's actually a, a cake recipe embedded in the bible like an easter egg it's really cool stuff like that you got to be kidding me. No Not way. Not joking. No, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's stuff like that. It's like, so from a evolutionary standpoint, yeah, clearly there's loads of stuff behind the Bible. So for me, these fundamentalist new, new atheists, when they have to treat it all seriously, it has to be the gospel, the truth, mm. as, as they would may say. I'm like, well, clearly that's not how it's ever been used, except by these fundamentalists. Well, and, and that itself seems very modern from all I've read about it. That whole literal stuff is very modern. Yeah, yeah. The church fathers didn't do that. This is one thing they spin. No, they didn't. And that's why I've been, I love history as well. So I've been reading from that. And it's like, can the church fathers didn't do it. The early philosophers didn't do that. Um, it only seemed to happen around about like the modern era. So this is when it started happening. And then even then, it was only certain types of sex is that the right word sex yeah i was doing it so it's really interesting to me um so it's just been fascinating and the main and again this is why i'm a scientist the reason why it's been fascinating to me is because i don't understand it i want to understand it and that's why i kind of got stuck here if that makes any sense well th that's that makes you such an interesting discord member because i mean <laughs> from from all the time i've seen you on this server like we we were we were kind of in the same ship the first yes you were and you had to of get time. off and if i mean i i sort of feel like i <laughs> i abandoned you halfway <laughs> adrift <laughs> but i mean it's not like i i yeah i was kind of i was aiming at it but it just sort of happened oh, no, eventually no, no. i just sort of woke up and like well that's that's that it seems but yeah, i mean you, you i usually believe. i usually respect that you're just in this agnostic, uh, let's say, configuration. Uh, um, There's a better yeah. word for that. But, but, like, that seems a bit painful, but the pain seems necessary oh, yeah, for you to evaluate it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of both my vice and virtue at the same time, my, my personality and temperament. It's, I have an urge to understand things, always have done, I'm very curious. But that does mean you have, to, I, if I want to understand something, I'll go down that rabbit hole, read research, actually practice stuff like that, to like get my hands dirty. Mm. And it, sometimes it leads you down to things you don't want to do. Let's put it that way. And it's not been a nice journey in that regards. It's been fun, but also been not fun. Yeah, but I mean, I, I would say that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that just like the the fundamentalist would say, well, it has to be all true. This sort of, uh, let's say, change in worldview also has to be true in the sense that it, it, it must not be taken lightly. It has to be genuine. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, this is kind of thing is, in my way of thought is, if I have better evidence that meets a, again, if you can say it in a scientific sense, like if I have a better model that fits the data, uh, don't keep to my old model, replace it. If better evidence comes along, I will change my opinion. And even if that means 
it feels wrong. Got to change it. Um, which is probably, again, a blessing and a curse way of thinking, but yeah, it's a weird way of thinking. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's it's not that much easier on this side. I got to tell you that. Because no, I, mean, I don't think it would be. Now I'm just wondering if, like, well, it, it, like it seems it seems correct for me right now to have changed my worldview this way. But like, what if I've just fooled myself, or or what if I'm in an in an apologetics bubble, or you know, what if I'm just imagining it? You know, like I had this whole conversation with Jeff uh, a couple of days ago, where I'm like, well, I don't even yeah. know if I'm doing this right. And at some point, you just got to stop being so neurotic, I tell myself. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. Um, and it's it's stuff like me. I always ask these questions. And I'm like, why this? Why this in particular? And I'm like, why this path? Why don't I go down a different path? Mm. Like I've read upon like other religions, like uh, Buddhism, uh, what is it, Taoism, stuff like that. Um, it didn't really click to me. Like the general gist of it just sounded not pleasant if I made any sense so that mean, but that doesn't mean it's not true and I have to be very the way I think I think like okay that doesn't mean it's not true it just doesn't sound right to me and I realized uh, the way against the way I think I'm, I think very Christian and even though I wasn't brought up technically Christian I, I think quite that way like the way I look at morality I didn't realize until a very long time that I look at it as a virtue ethicist I look at it very pre-modern <laughs> I don't look at a very modern way of looking at morality. Like I, I th to explain what I mean by that is um, modern uh, view is like you could say like Descartes is I think therefore I am. Mm -hmm. So this is that doing becomes before being. It's the doing precedes being. But the pre-modern world is no, no, being precedes doing. I am therefore I think. And it's this this idea that what morality is is it's about character. It's about being itself you're rather than oh, what's the best actions to do or what's the best consequences if you're going to go the utilitarian path like that which is a more modern way of thinking about morality so this old-fashioned way which is more akin to like traditional um christianity and stuff like especially that i was like okay i didn't realize i implicitly thought that and it it's wasn't sort of, it took me a while to this kind of explicit in my mind it's kind of a faith so like, faith will influence your works in that sense yeah like my implicit metaphysics has shaped me how I view the world and how I interpret it and everything. And it's also, it, it shaped me so much that I didn't even realize it did. I didn't realize no one else had, not many people else thought this way, which is really weird. Like I knew I was weird. I knew I thought differently to people. I didn't realize it was that different. So you, you, what you're saying is that most people around you think the other way around. They are more of a Descartesian. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, most people. Yeah, most people in culture nowadays are. Well, yeah, they are. Well, that makes sense. I mean, like, we're, we're post it makes sense. It's culture. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, again, I love the Enlightenment thinkers. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, I mean, the Scottish Enlightenment, I love, and English Enlightenment. I don't I hate the French Enlightenment or <laughs> damn rationalists. Um. But I won't go in the history there. That would just be a bit boring. Oh, but, I, um, I, I, I read about the, the the French reign of terror recently. That stuff was awful. Yeah, yeah the, the French Revolution. Um, 
I've always hated kind of rationalism in that regards. Like even as a kid, like I always found, and it sounds weird, even though I'm a physicist, I can swap in any unit system. Like I always found the metric system just to be too weird, which may sound peculiar. Hmm. And uh, thinking about it, but the metric system, I thought this is a bit like very um, ordered and made up. Well, I knew like the imperial system, like, well, I should say the English system, not imperial. Well, that naturally evolved. I understood all oh, these units were made for this, naturally evolved in this system. They were more appropriate. No, those system units were a different system. And you wouldn't use them all at once, clearly, to keep to it. Like when I'm cooking, I use ounces and fluid ounces. There you go, dead simple. Like an ounce is a very useful size. Like an egg's about one and a half ounces. Um, a knob of butter's about an ounce. Like it's a very useful size to deal with. When you're driving, using miles and stuff, you're doing long distances. When you're measuring stuff in your house, using feet and inches, it's, you don't mix these units all the time. You just keep it to your area. So the metric system is like we need to keep it universal to everything. So for me, even as a maybe it's my Englishness, uh, when this just feels weird. No, <laughs> even though no. I can think in any system. I get what you're saying. Like when I go to the butcher or to the cheese shop, I mean, I, I order in ounces and like in, in, yeah. well, in, in Dutch, I order in an ounce, kilo, uh, uh, a pound if I need to. But yeah. because it feels more natural to think about um, groceries that way, let's say. It's a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Now that might be sort of a romantic view. I don't know. But I, I get where you're coming from. I don't, yeah. No, I don't think it's more romantic. I, it was just for me that I brought, I was kind of taught both as a kid. Um, like my, my, like my grandparents would teach me this because a lot of their old, they would do that old stuff. Like, but then you at school, you get taught the metric system, so you get taught both. But then it was like, uh, you you get used to doing both. So you can think in either way. But for me, I was like, well, clearly this is like clearly an evolved system. Like this is why it evolved that way. It wasn't designed all the peculiarities in it is because it, if humans are weird that's the answer well, and as long as it's consistent otherwise it's not like yeah, 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 yeah. Like you can make it very consistent because you do not add these weird units in from different like different applications exactly and it's not like yeah i'd like five stones to the hog's head well no no london stones not kent stones yeah, yeah. you know it's like yeah i'm just thinking of random places in the uk <laughs> no 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 but there are some like that that's why by the way that was a that's why there's 14 pounds to the stone did you know because there were so many different ones they took a compromise and went for one that's not even any of them <laughs> I, I, I believe you yeah there was one that was a 10 pound there was one that was 12 there's one that was 16 so they went okay we're standardizing at 14 because no one uses that and it was yeah that, that's weird yeah but yeah, it, stuff like that it's just weird it is technically my job. I do do. I am a metrologist, which is weights and measures. So, yeah, but Bill, you are also a trained physicist who brews beer and makes yes. bread. Like you walk yes. both sides. Oh yeah, you're an agnostic through even and through physics. in that sense. <laughs> oh no, I am. I know. But even in physics, this is the funny thing: is you hardly ever use the metric system. <laughs> that sounds funny, right? Like if you're doing well, particle yeah. physics, you never use the metric system using electron volts you pound quarks, in, you quarks in pounds or, or no you use electron volts to measure mass mass energy uh, everything pretty much huh. so it's they well, use different units sense. so it's like you use what's more appropriate that's the thing and it's more like that's well, the thing. Yeah. But again this is i'm just but again, I mean, the I, reason why I brought it up is mainly because it's, as I was trying to emphasize this evolutionary thinking, 
so for me, it's quite natural. But, so I'm not a very rationalist thing. I'm more like evolutionary. All oh, this comes out and it merges. So the like, for instance, the Jordan piece of God number one, I completely understand. I, I completely understand it. But God number two, I don't. That's what I don't really understand. Well, don't you understand how it could exist or why they're basically the same but different? Both. I mean, that's, I know that sounds simple, and many people, I understand what it's meant to be, but for me, it's like, it seems more, I can't think of the way it's, I don't have a top, I don't naturally think top down. So, that's not how I naturally think. This, this is, I'm going to be honest to you about this. I mean, yeah. this is where I am at right now. I, I take classical theism sort of as a given. Uh, given yeah. all, I've all I've read by Aquinas and uh, Leibniz and uh, Plantinga and all, all that stuff. Yeah. Then there's Christ who doesn't really yep. seem to give us any choice in deciding, no, you're actually not God because he keeps saying he is and he keeps digging into the Old Testament to reference yeah. to himself there. Anyway, there's a huge gap in between. And yes. to me, that's just by right now, that's just the big gap of, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I hate that. I mean, because I need to understand it. I'm sure you, un you, you understand that sentiment. No, 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 no. Like, I, I, I agree. And it's, it's weird. And I can understand it from a basic standpoint. Like, I, I, when I say God, it, it's kind of like Jesus is the, I'm going to use really use so many mixed metaphors it's so i apologize for people here or actually know what they're talking about um but more the jesus is the actualization of god in into the into the human form mm -hmm. and that's the way i'm thinking about it so he it's the actualization into the natural world that makes any sense i if that's kind of the way i'm thinking about it but that's still a huge leap yeah yeah and and I mean, even if when you read, when I read Jesus talking about his father, like, I wonder if that was just something that he used to try to explain to the people that he taught whatever actual concept he was trying to describe. Because, like, I, I don't understand that. And at that point, I just get like, well, maybe it's all horseshit and I'm just no, fooling but myself. I, I understand that slightly more, actually, because I was, again, I was reading the older stuff and the term father. It doesn't usually mean what people mean it today. So, like, you may still hear it sometimes, like older chaps say, oh, calm down, son, calm down, son, even if they're not actually their son. Because mm -hmm. they use father and son as in this, like, hierarchical thing. So mm -hmm. someone like, your, not your elder, but your superior, in a sense, could be an elder, someone older than you, but they, you say you would say father and they would say son to you. So it's this hierarchy, and you can still hear it in like um, Eastern cultures, and you can see it still here in the West, like a bit, but more of the older generation. So this idea of the father is again, it's the the thing above. Do you more? I can think of it in that sense. It's more of the thing above um, that's more superior. So it's my ah, my father. In that sense, the dictator. I, I, I can't, I can't put the words in. I'm not very good, but that's the way I'm thinking about it, at least. Yeah, and then I don't get why Jesus would say, I and the Father are one. Yeah, that's where I'm like, I, I, the Trinity is bizarre. 
and I don't mean that in an insulting way at all. It's just it is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and then but... you have the different disputes between like like the Catholics and the Orthodox, like which way do they emanate from, and all that stuff, and I don't know. Yep, and at that point, man, that's just when I just do my evening prayer, and I'm like you know, maybe I'll understand it better a couple of weeks from now, and yeah. It, it's not like I have to. I mean, like two years ago, I would have, I would have happily be reading my Dawkins books. And oh yeah, so it's it's been a weird two years, no matter what. And I, I, I mean, I just love seeing all the people on the Discord, and you know, you among them, having all these different <laughs> ideas, you. and Thank then you. having having conversations about it like this. That's that's one of the greatest things about this place. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's absolutely wonderful meeting all those people here, especially all walks of life and all thoughts of life. Um, because it's, again, it's, even though it's mostly Christian here, clearly, there's a lot of people who aren't. There's Buddhists here, there's atheists, there's agnostics. Um, I don't think of, yeah, it's it's quite interesting, to say the least. I think and it's I love the people who win arguments. I love that. Just because it's um, interesting to see, actually. Okay, so what are you actually getting at here? Yeah. And they stay civil. Yes, I know. It's so civil. Which is weird for the internet. Yeah. it. I, I, I hope it can stay that way. And and I do still think that this should sort of be a, a stepping stone for offline meetings, like we, we tried in Frankfurt yeah, yeah. and... I'm trying to get done with my pastor, but I guess that's something you have uh, opportunity for where you are. Probably not. I don't know the many people from the UK, especially where I live, on this like this community. It's quite like I don't see anyone near where I live, so it's kind of a little bit isolated in that regards, which is where it's not very nice. Like a place where you live, how many inhabitants does it have? Well, where I live in general, um, I would say the uh, the county, not the county, but the subsection of the county is probably 100,000. But that's, that's not, right. I don't know, it's confusing what you mean where you live, because you could go by the village, you could go by the town, you could go by the district. It's a bit hard to narrow down. Well, so you go I, by the village, I think there's only about 500. Oh, oh, geez. Okay, yeah. I, because I, I, you, you go to this abbey, which, by the way, I'm really curious yes. about. So I think yeah, it's yeah, kind I of should a... probably talk about that. Yeah. So I don't live very far away from a Cistercian monastery, so Trappist monastery, mm. and um, so they and it's one of the like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of very famous one as well, um, because. I'm, just, I'm trying to think of an example of why some people like for instance um, Alec Guinness if you know Alec Guinness the actor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he actually did um, Father Brown years ago in the 50s he actually did the Father Brown movie and he actually converted to Catholicism because of that so he used to go down to uh, the monastery near me um, and used to go there quite regularly so many people like just do many retreats down there as well so it's quite nearby to me, and it's very nice. Um, I started going about two years ago when they started brewing beer, because Trappists are kind of famous for their beer. Mm -hmm. But this is the first one in England, actually in the entire the British Isles, in fact, um, where they 
started brewing their own beer. And it was because I know why they did it. It was because they used to do, they used to have um, a dairy farm, but they couldn't make any money off it. So they were needing something to make more money. And they know from their tradition they do beer. So, ah, oh, we'll just do the beer thing. And it's been an absolute success for them. <laughs> like they've been making an absolute bomb of it. And it's also one of my favorite beers. So it's, it is that good. So I used to go up there just to get the beer. And also they've got a shop where they sell it and they sell like honey, they sell pottery and stuff like homemade pottery. Um, and they also have a nice bookshop where they have a lot of um, philosophy books and history books and oh, religious books and stuff. It's absolutely wonderful for that. So I, so every so often I go down and buy some books from there and also have a good chat with some of the monks. Um, but it's absolutely, it's, it's a very peaceful place. So every time I go there, I always feel kind of like at peace and I, I don't know how to explain that. Like it's you, you do feel at peace when you go there, and it's not like oh yeah, I'm going to go here, so of course I'm going to feel peaceful. No, it's quite no, it is a place to. I can't think of the word or explain it. It's pretty hard explaining emotions. But yeah, it's a very nice thing, and I, I do like enjoy talking to some of the, the monks and stuff, um, and they're nice, lovely chaps. Is it a big? But they place? used to be a quiet order, and they're not anymore. Because I remember my granddad; he used to go down there all the time when he was a kid, like not as a kid, but as a like young man. He used to go down there, and, and he used to help out all the gardening and stuff like that. Because he used to do that, and he used to speak to them and stuff. Which he they weren't; he wasn't meant to, but um, he used to. They were a quiet yes. order, huh? They were, yeah. But he used to speak to him anyway. <laughs> That's my granddad. So these monks are they are they all old or? Um, they're all ranging ages. I think the youngest one I've seen is he's probably about thirty five, and the oldest one I've seen is probably about eighty. So I think average age is about I'd say about fifty five. Wow. It's, and it's, 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 it's a, they've got a decent number of them actually there and they can have this shop which is open they make do their own tasks like for instance the the brewing the pottery um avery the apiary stuff and also like the other animals like i think they've got like thousands of sheep as well that they deal with um so they always keep busy working and then they also do their own they do mass every day and the prayers and stuff so it's very regimented um it's always nice. And then there's also another chap there. He's, I think he's Chinese, but he does a lot of Tai Chi stuff. So I know a lot of people, like I know a friend who goes, and he goes to the Tai Chi stuff. But he's more of, um, my friend is more of the Buddhist inclination. Uh, which is quite interesting. So this is yeah, it's, it's a lovely in, place. In English? This is, but this, yeah, this is a proper monast monastery, yes. And they make a Trappist. Do you want to know that? Yes, they, their name is uh, St. Bernard's Abbey. Huh. Is what it is. It's a uh, lovely place. I, 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 weren't there like sort of strange regulations for Trappists to be able to be called Trappists? Well, they are. They are from the Cistercian order, yeah. So they are proper Trappists. Huh. Okay. Oh, that's... that's mm. So I wonder yeah, if... Benedictine so, ones, yeah. So do they do they get to use uh, like Goldings and Fuggles? Because they're usually kind of Belgian sort of style beers. Yeah, they are usually bound, but it's, it's, it's kind of with an English twist. So from what I can tell, it, it, I think it's, 
I'm not sure. It's that's why it's so good. It's like the hops are very plain, but the malts are very rich. Mm. Which is very nice. I love malty things. I don't really like hoppy drinks. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember all my brewing lore from when, <laughs> when i still brewed but <laughs> now i mean i haven't yeah. drank beer for two years so i kind of lost no um beer is pretty much because i've had to go on a similar diet to yourself uh, due to health reasons um so beer oh. is pretty much my only carbs and i've measured it out saying okay if i'm gonna have something at least i'm gonna have something i enjoy yeah but you also you make these these breads and yeah i'm not eating them <laughs> oh man i'm sorry yeah i i used to love making bread and I cake know. and uh yeah same some of my favorite stuff um it's... so i've made them uh I've made tonight i was just uh i've made some stollen which is like platted and i made also uh stone style mince pies so instead of normal mince pies i put the lid and i made them with um uh, like marzipan and um, sugar and uh, almonds and stuff. So it was like a very baked lid. And uh, they smelt wonderful. And I'm going to give them to work because instead of giving Christmas presents to everyone at work, I'm just going to give cake. It's much easier. So um, give me a straight up answer, Bill. Why do you think you like to brew beer and make bread and cookies? I like making things. I like understanding the process, how it works, and I, I enjoy it from that standpoint. I like that it's also a bit of science in there. There's a hell of a lot of chemistry mm -hmm. um, because you can, you if you know, okay, if you're doing beer, it's like, oh, there's maybe something wrong here. It's too much acidity, so I've got to do this and that, or I've got to do, oh, this, you've got to do the um, mix around the hops, and if you actually change the balance slightly differently, you can do this. So I'm, it's full-on science for me, but it's also an art. that You can mm. actually get better at it, and you can also... You can find this process, which is fun, if that makes any sense. Well, the I have reason I ask, yeah, I, I think there's a hypothesis. <laughs> I have an hypothesis. There's a direct link between us sorts of computer nerds and these types of hobbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably true. This is all over the place. <laughs> and I wonder if it has to do with the fact that when they excuse me, measured... Um, computer programmers brainwaves when they were writing code they found that the art center was firing more so than the language yeah. or the logic centers from what i remember and i wonder if if how you're describing brewing and baking bread that sort of art meets the rational science of the process is yeah it's, it, yeah it's yeah it's it's and also it's like a meditation as well yeah it's very like relaxing to do you garden by any chance? I don't garden. I absolutely hate gardening. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hypothesis. Uh, I, I need to things. adjust. I need to adjust my data set now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't particularly enjoy gardening and stuff. I don't, never found that therapeutic. Um, because I think oh. that's too long scale for me. Actually, it's like I have to wait a, how many weeks to get that done? What? No, no, thanks. Uh, oh, but pull, <laughs> pull, pulling weeds is like fixing bugs, man. It's uh, <laughs> oh, I know, I, I, really I, I know that very well. <laughs> so we got about fifteen minutes. Uh, is there anything in particular yeah. you want to get in? Um, I was mainly wanting to ask you questions. <laughs> oh boy, uh, especially about because I know you and you've kind of made that leap in a sense. Mm. And I've just been how how's it how's it been for yourself? How has it been helping? Because you're not acting as if anymore. 
No, it's it's really frustrating if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I, I, let me get my thoughts in in line for a second. I, yeah. just sort, I just sort of woke up and realized, okay, I don't think the atheist label applies to me anymore. <laughs> and I think that, so it seems to me that the last two years, like my elephant just ran off, barged into a church somewhere, and I'm just kind of trying to track it down still. Because yeah, it's very much changes that I see happening to me more so than things I'm actively changing. Like I'm, I'm complicit for sure. My writer is complicit because he's reading all these books. Yeah. And he's thinking about it all the time. But I think the elephant's way more in charge here, to be honest. The hardest thing is, is trying to be honest about it. For instance, when I had a conversation with my younger brother recently, and like we were very much of the same uh, Dawkinsian convictions, uh, we both, you know, watched a lot of Hitchens. We, uh, you know, both computer programmers, very rational. And yeah. he actually did a he actually did a minor in philosophy when he went to uh, to college. Oh wow! And. Uh, uh, yeah, but he will say that. I, I think he will say that it's mostly just to drink beer with friends, but <laughs> to think about things. But uh, because he says this stuff, I'm, I'm, I try to engage with him now. He says, I don't know any of these things. I don't know any of these philosophers. We basically just did a bit of Plato or Socrates, and that was it. But oh wow, okay. To him, he just doesn't understand how I got here, and I'm trying to explain. Like, yeah, imagine how I feel. But you know, like it's been two years. I've and but I, I've kept a lot of this hidden because I was just trying to figure it out, and I, I, there was definitely some pride involved. I shouldn't be kidding myself there. But I was sort of hoping that I could could take some parts of religion or Christianity and take those and incorporate them, sort of like a Western Buddhism sort of thing, and keep my atheism, yeah, yeah, yeah. and nobody would ever have to know. Oh no, that didn't happen at all. That totally misfired. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I felt I, I, it's a tar baby. It's what I said to Paul. Paul Vanekley once said, "Religion's like a tar baby." Now I'm stuck in the metaphysic, and now I'm just reading more books. And the more books I read, the worse it gets. So yeah, if you want to know, it's not, it's not all that better on this side. No, like I, I still don't know yeah. if I'm right and. I, I can't know if I'm right. Like that's the thing. I there's no way I can know. So this well, is what I do. Well, that's the weird thing. That's what's been said. Like this year has not been very nice for me. If I ask I've had issues in general, hmm. um, but which I will not go into details for many reasons. Mm -hmm. But I, I will say I kind of went into kind of form of nihilism, proper nihilism this year, and it wasn't pleasant at all. And. Um, uh, to try and get out of it, I was like, kind of, I've been doing this act as if you were doing it. It's been helping mm. a lot, but it's still, you still get those glimpses of it. Well, this is just all meaningless, isn't it? What's the whole point in this? Why do you, what's this all stupid? How can I know anything? You can't know anything. So, oh, yeah, what, why bother? So, you get oh, all yeah. these horrible thoughts that bring up, and it's, it's not nice. But the thing is, I don't believe it. I know I don't. But then the question is, okay, so what am I going to do about it? And, you get down a road and you you get to a few conclusions and it's I don't like any of them. 
they all terrify me mm. <laughs> to put it to put it bluntly like the cat's like oh is, is there a god well if there is well that's not good that, that scares me oh there isn't a god well even scares me as well and then you mm. go like oh if it's something else and it's like uh no no thanks i'll go oh, it's just but the thing is it's like wouldn't you say okay say no to nihilism you can say completely no to it it's like clearly i don't believe that i don't act as if it's true and i can't believe it like what's the point then you go okay there's only a few options and it leads you somewhere else and it's not nice but i say it's not nice but i find it bizarre that people take comfort in that thing that's like for instance god or the taking um the abyss or i don't know what the words to say at least and they take comfort in that i just I, that terrifies me. Maybe it's just me, or maybe it's because it terrifies me because I, either I don't understand it or I do understand the implications of it. Yeah, uh, I I think that's perfectly valid. Like you're wrestling with something that's very real, and yeah, the the only thing I can tell you is that like God doesn't terrify me at all. Because I've, I, if it's true, then I've seen God in Christ, and yeah, I, I, I like what I see in Christ, and some, yeah, I, I have these thoughts still that you, you do, like, what if it's all bullshit? What, what if I'm just making all this yeah. up? What if it's all pointless? Like, well, still seems that Christ rose from the dead, as far as I understand everything I've read. So, you know, there's that, and. I, I, but you have to you have to believe something that you have you have you must come through you must come to that through a proper process otherwise it's just going to eat you alive because in the back of your head you always think that well I'm lying to myself and, and that's from how I understand you that's just going to only make it worse in the long run um, yeah because I've always tried to be honest with myself I've always tried to be yeah I don't try be. and lie or anything like that I've, because it's like Again, some of my favorite philosophers have always been like Aristotle and stuff like that. And it's mm. like, well, if I want to be a virtuous man, this is how I'm going to have to do it. But then it's the question, why? Like, I can come from an egoist standpoint, yeah, it's going to be better for me for this case. But then it's like, that, that can only take you so far. And oh, yeah. it really can take you only so far. And it can't I... explain half of my other answers. So my, my pastor sent me this, this newspaper article from some uh, an interview in a newspaper with some, I think, Swedish or Norwegian philosopher, Swedish philosopher, Höglund, mm -hmm. and he wrote a book called Secular Faith. And he says uh, all sorts of stuff, but one thing is that uh, we, need to, we need to embrace existence because it's short and it's temporal, and therefore we should elevate ourselves and we should do good things. We should create these great social systems that last. And I'm thinking, where are you getting all these <laughs> values from? You're, 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 yeah, how you're, are you going from this is to an ought? How, yeah, how are you doing that? Yeah, you're grabbing this value out of the mist of ignorance. Like, how? oh, oh, I see. You're, you're Jesus smuggling, basically. You're, you're grabbing yeah, it's Christian like, culture. It's so, like, implicit Christianity. Yeah, yeah. I, and here it, it, it amazes me as well. Like I've been really, one thing I've been uh, really fascinated with reading up is about the progressives, like from the progressive era and stuff and the, the evolution of that. Like the progressivism, like American progressivism derives mm -hmm. from American Puritanism, like it's a direct descendant of it. Right. And modern day Puritanism, uh, progressivism is derived from that, 
but blended with um, neo-Marxist feminism, so critical theory, mm -hmm. which going to confuse people when I say that. And so you say, oh, you've not got your terms right. And like, no, it's all blended together. Yeah, yeah. And that's why a lot of it's contradictory. But the thing, what they did is they kept a lot of the metaphysical foundations, but then say, okay, there's no God. So it's literally Puritanism without the God. And uh, which, none, of us are, none of us are good enough. <laughs> no, but they'll try to. They'll try to be. And say, look, like, for instance... Like if you hit like Woodrow Wilson's film is progressive, he thought he was a messianic figure. He thought he was sent by God to save the world. Huh. That's what he literally thought. It's in, it, and um, stuff like that. He's like pure evil, to be honest with you. I know there might be some people here who liked him. But I'm sorry, but he was pure evil. And, uh, Woodrow Wilson um, wasn't he a president? Yes, he was a president. He thought. Jesus, first time I heard, I heard yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, the, if you want to read the, the progressive era, there's a hell of a lot about it. Like, if you want to hear all the bad things that happened in America and what happened like that, yeah, it happened in the progressive era. <laughs> like, uh, right, let's just name a list of basic things that happened during that time. Um, some good things, some bad things at the same time. Uh, but let me think, uh, eugenics, uh, oh. prohibition. Yeah, um, uh, Wilsonian foreign policy, so pretty much um, like hawkish policy, uh, government. Uh, what else is there that popped out in there? Like the middle class kind of popped out because of that. Uh, a lot of it, like for instance, the women, uh, women's suffrage, um, like weirds, stuff like this kind of popped out. And a lot and of this is the... the, 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 the... Well, because it wasn't necessarily... Oh, we want the right to vote because they said, well, a couple of years, like a couple of decades ago, you could have got the right to vote, but you had to have all of these extra things and said, well, we don't want that. You had to have, because it comes with responsibilities like bucket duty for the fire brigade. Mm. No, we just want to vote. They went, oh, well, no, we can't have it then. And then they eventually got it clearly. But it's this, um, this is a very weird era. And it's been fascinating because I, it's stuff that I don't understand, but it seems to be very, uh, what's the word for it? Very important, right nowadays, to understand how people think. It it also looks to me like there was a lot of the the I don't know how to translate this properly into English. The shapeable society, like we can mold it into the vision that we want it to be, which really has yeah. started happening it's after this the war. But very top down thinking, and also um, very unconstrained view of human nature like oh we can be perfected we can do this we can perfect make the perfect mm. x man like this the perfect progressive man the perfect socialist man the perfect whatever yeah and we can do this through reason and i'm like that's this that terrifies me that idea but yeah, yeah we see it still and we see that now in the postmodern movement with the the there is a true self inside of you that is mm. what you actually are and all that we need to do is to bring that out i'm thinking that is such a strange idea but I, I, it, but it's people think that way and it's very common nowadays to think this way and it explains why i i didn't realize why i didn't i, I well, the way i thought was not how people thought and they, like people thought completely different to me how they interpreted the world and now I'm, it's becoming very self-evident to me. It's like, this is, explains a lot, but also it's like, what the heck? <laughs> and I don't mean that as a bad thing. Like, clearly people think differently to me, and that's a good thing in many regards, because you get different angles and stuff, and you can understand it better. But mm -hmm. it's also, oh, we, we're not even living in the same world in many regards. 
yeah yeah i've probably offended a few people there with that little bit there but <laughs> well who cares oh, oh, only if you said anything negative which you know that I don't no think you have, well but... i've said a bit negative technically um ah. but look there's but it's, it's been know. an interesting journey it seems to be that i have this weird fascination of things that terrify me i i i can't get away from them and again, this kind of religion to me is it, part of it terrifies me, it really does, but it interests me in it because I don't understand it. That's why it terrifies me. Or maybe I do understand it and that's why it terrifies me. I don't know. And I'm still here. My, my elephant is, well, I don't know if it's the elephant that brought me here or the rider, but the elephant's not leaving. Mm. Let's I, put it that way. I do wonder if Catholicism would actually be a good fit from you because there's. There's plenty in there that you said, well, that, that, that's a mystery. And, well, we, we don't get that. And here's a mystery. This is a mystery, but then here's a ritual that sort of helps you to sort of vaguely yeah. grasp more of that mystery. And that allows you to be, like you're saying, that allows you to pay in pounds instead of in grams and yeah, engage yeah, with it in that way. Yeah. It's I'm weird. saying you I, must. I, I, I for me, I don't. I didn't want to go into. I didn't like the Protestant stuff just because of how it was enacted. It's not like the theological stuff or anything like that. It was just like I didn't like how they were doing the stuff. It's like this felt weird. Um, I want to sometimes effeminate, and I don't mean that in a bad sense. I mean that it felt like they're trying to do something masculine, but it would still come out as very effeminate or very happy-go-lucky. Sing a happy song on a guitar and all this great things. I'm like, no thanks. Don't give that to me. Just, just. just I, that's not my personality right but i like i don't really like that sort of stuff i'm like oh for god's sake please just go away be happy but it's, again look it's not that i don't like dislike the people it's just not for me um but again the thing is going to there's been three things i've been doing lately to been helping me for a lot of things my change of diet ever since i've changed my diet i feel better myself like because i'm going like pretty much like a ketogenic diet and all of a sudden it's like I feel better for this. This is weird. I mm. felt better than I had done in years. So something's up with my gut. It's been affecting my personality. I've had a better job where I'm finding meaning in that job compared to my last job. I had, I, I was going, that's why I was nihilism. There was, I found no meaning in the job. And then going to this church thing, uh, it's like, it's been helping me acting as if, and I don't know why. <laughs> All these things are like, Okay, this is working for me. I'll keep doing it then. I, th I think it's great, man. That's that's exactly where yeah. you need to be. I mean, that I, I I can recall my second conversation with Paul, where I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm doing better than ever. So hey, who cares that it's yeah. religion? And yeah, I, I mean, like at this point, I'm just taking a very pragmatist standpoint and going, yeah. it works. I don't know why, but it works. That's good. That's great. Just stick with that, and and that might go somewhere, or you'll stay there. And you have to be, you have to be able to be okay with being like this for another year. I think at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try and keep doing it. Like I've been kept this diet up for since for how many? What's nearly six months, five months? Yeah, and it's been helping me. I've had to break it when I went on holiday because I just couldn't keep it, mm. um, which wasn't very good when I came back. It wasn't, I didn't feel good. Um, do, you, uh, do you do blood but, measurements? Uh, say that again? Do you do blood measurements? Uh, no, I don't do the blood measurements. I probably should, actually. Um, but um, it's one of those things where I'm, I feel better in my sense. Like my, my, I don't have as much 
joint pain anymore. I don't have much issues in my stomach. It's been mm. brilliant. Mm. Oh yeah. Like, it's, it's like, huh? But the doctor suggested it to me, so I tried it. Um, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Paul yes. Fennecline on you. If Go you ahead, might. and that is, uh, <laughs> have you tried praying? I know what you're gonna ask. <laughs> yes. Don't worry, I have. Acting as if, and it works. That's what scares me. <laughs> okay. No, that's not a good answer from an agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> works somehow, and I don't know how. Are you saying you're you're getting an answer? Yeah. Explain that. <laughs> well, I can explain <laughs> it to you. Yeah, you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> like, sure answer is you were uh, you tried out clearly and asked question like a very dis explicit one. A few hours later, I got it answered explicitly, and I was like, but not in a way I was expecting. Let's put it that way. Huh. Not being very specific because it's very personal is why I, it was. Sure. I was like, um, okay. I was like, where did that come from? Yeah. I, um, that was the first time as well I tried. That was weird. But you, you tried it <laughs> you tried it honestly and well Yeah. I mean I'm not surprised. No, but I'm like, uh, this is there's a bit in the back of my head that oh, you're just making up, you're making patterns, just because you wanted it. I'm like, no, and it wasn't anything like I was expecting, or any make pattern I would make up. It was like, what? Well, so yes, and, there's my answer. The Paul Vanicle, yeah. And keep um, so, in mind yeah. that, that 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 thing in your mind that always wants to have a rational explanation for everything. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe it could be wrong once in a while, or it can't get the explanation that it wants. But it's always going to try to. Yeah, it's always going to try to, and it's always trying to think. Look, there's probably a much more easier explanation for this. Go for the much simpler hypothesis to explain the data. You don't go for a more complicated one, even if it fits the data just as well. You go for the simpler one. But then my brain's like, "Hmm, I have to try this again. Repeat the experiment." That, sure, go ahead. I mean, I'd be curious. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's weird. So, yes, that's very uh, bizarre to me. I think that's great. I mean, we can uh, we can have a conversation another time. And uh, Oh, no, we yeah, can, yeah we, we'd love to. It's been absolutely wonderful speaking to you tonight. Compare Thank data. Thank you for this. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. But, uh, yeah, we we have hit the hour. So uh, Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this one to a close, or as, as Paul say, I'm going to land this plane. You notice that? Like suddenly you started <laughs> saying, "I'm gonna land this plane," and it started showing up everywhere. Yeah, I, I think that's from Owen Benjamin originally. I think that phrase. I think it just ah. it spread on its own. Interesting, <laughs> yeah. And I think Paul just copied it as well. I don't think it was from him, but yeah. Mimetic behavior. Yeah, mimetic behavior. Yes. <sighs> Interesting. So this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for having a conversation. And thank you, everyone else, for listening. <laughs> right, Bill. If you're listening. Thank, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll push this up on the podcast shortly, and uh, we'll see okay. what people think. Thank you, okay. and have a great evening. And yourself. Bye-bye.